you are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 190 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and uh, hopefully that new music did not throw you guys. It's only here for this week. If it did bother you, we have a great episode for you guys today. And on today's episode, I'm answering a mailbag question and getting into some A's history. It's a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun putting this one together. At this point, you guys probably know nothing about uh, former A's great third baseman, Lave Cross, but uh, he's going to get some mention. He's going to get some some playing time today in this podcast. You guys are going to learn a little bit too much about former A's third baseman, Lave Cross, and uh, some of the history that he had. Uh, but that's not the crux of the episode. It's an offshoot of... It's a tangent that I talked about. So, uh, yeah, there's all of that. Also, today we are brought to you guys by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, enter promo code Locked On, and you get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Also, please make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So I got this question from a listener of the show, Rob from the UK, and he buttered me up with some nice comments about the show. And that is a great way to get get your question answered on the show. So if you have a question for the pod, make sure to send some compliments along with your question to either LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com or you can DM them to us on Twitter at LockedOnAs as Rob did. Uh, I can do either one. I'm open. Whichever one you like doing more. If it's more, uh, if it's a longer question with more caveats and stuff, I would probably prefer the Gmail option just because I prefer that for more long answers and uh, correspondences and all that stuff. Uh, I, I don't want to wear out my thumbs trying to respond to you guys on Twitter. So anyway, back to Rob's question. Uh, thank you, Rob, for sending this one in. And uh, he wrote asking if Cespedes and Donaldson can be considered among the A's greats despite their short tenures with the team. And uh, I wrote back to him with my initial take. And that was basically if we're going over the entirety of A's history, it's harder to make the case for them because of that short tenure. They didn't have you know, 10 seasons with the club to really cement their legacy. They were here for two and a half seasons. And the A's have had tons of great players around the diamond over the uh, entirety of their existence as a franchise, which technically started in 1901 when they became a major league baseball team. So uh, it, it's really hard for me to make a case saying like, oh yeah, these two and a half seasons were way better than, you know, Carney Lansford or, you know, any other A's greats that you want to name. Uh, it, I don't know why I went with Carney Lansford because I'm going to dunk on him later. <laughs> Sal Bando. Let's go with Sal Bando. I don't, I don't know that I can make a case for Josh Donaldson being better than Sal Bando at the hot corner, given that he only played a couple seasons. So uh, that's basically where I went with, uh, in my initial response, but I did also say that if we are just looking at the 21st century, then the case could definitely be made given that we have had a number of guys on the A's only spend a few seasons with the club. So adding up stats over a long period of time isn't really standing in their way during the Billy Bean era. And if you are wondering where they stack up at their positions in the 21st century, uh, left field for Zespedes, third base for Donaldson, go back and listen to the all Bean team episodes. Both guys were definitely in the top tier 
of players for their positions. Uh, I just did those a couple of weeks ago. So just go back in the feed. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast, obviously, but uh, go back in the feed, listen to the All Beaten Team episodes if you missed that, or if you want a refresher, uh, those are in there for you guys. But today I want to focus a little bit more on their historical placement in A's lore. Sorting by War on Fangraphs, neither player made the top 30 in wins above replacement of among all offensive players. Obviously, Ricky Henderson sets atop their leaderboard here with 1,700 games played with the A's and a total of 68.6 wins above replacement. Second on the list is Jimmy Fox. Obviously, they play different positions. This is all offensive players of, you know, of the A's history. So uh, that's where we're going here. Uh, Jimmy Fox played 450 fewer games with the Philadelphia A's, but was only four wins behind Ricky, according to War on Fangraphs. And if any of his next six seasons had been played with Philadelphia instead of Boston, he would have beat out the guy that we view as the best Oakland athletic of all time. But he didn't, so it's still Ricky. He's at the top. (laughs) But moving on, Mark McGuire, Eric Chavez, Jason Giambi, and Jose Canseco are all recent-ish players that made the top 20. So they're on that first page on the leaderboard. Uh, But if you're specifically looking for Josh and Yoannis, you have to flip the page where we find Josh Donaldson at number 47 overall. And while that sounds kind of terrible, he did only spend two and a half seasons with the A's and 47th in 120 years of baseball is nothing to be mad about. That's actually a pretty decent placement for two and a half seasons. And, uh, just by comparison here, Matt Chapman is ahead of him at 40th overall and Marcus Simeon, thanks to 350 more games played than either Chapman or Donaldson comes in at 37th one spot ahead of Miguel Tejada, who actually has played more games with the A's than Marcus Simeon. So, uh, and if Simeon signs somewhere else, he's going to finish with more games played than Marcus. So, uh, Marcus is better than Miguel Tejada, which is weird. Um, definitely not offensively, but defensively, sure. I guess you could make that case. Um, so while ranking these guys according to war is quick and easy, I did some extra math for you guys to figure out which players were the tops at their position on a per plate appearance basis. So I took the top nine third baseman's war totals and divided that by the number of plate appearances they had with the A's. And that gave me a really, really small number, 0.00 in a lot of cases. Uh, and then uh, some other numbers that actually uh, came into play. So that's what I'm judging everybody off of. And then at the end of this, I'll give you that number times 5,000 for 5,000 plate appearances and give you where they would fit if they all had the same amount of playing time in their A's tenure. But there is one exception to the .00 and then some numbers rule, and that is Frank Baker, or Home Run Baker, as he is more commonly known. Uh, First, Baker got his nickname because he had two home runs in the 1911 World Series and tallied double-digit home runs from 1911 to 1913. Keep in mind, dead ball era, nothing was going on. Uh, There were no home runs. And so he led the league for four straight seasons with home run totals of 11, 10, 12, and 9. This guy, home run Baker, because he was at nine home runs a season. Good job on home run Baker for that one. He is the best third baseman in A's history, according to this newfangled math that I did on the uh, war per plate appearance basis. And he had an average of 0.01065 war produced each time he stepped to the plate. Over the course of 5,000 plate appearances, that would have been 
53.25 wins above replacement, which is a pretty solid total. You can see why it's in the Hall of Fame. Number two on the list, according to this new math, is uh, new math. I don't want to call it that because new math is tricky. <laughs> this wasn't that hard. I divided some numbers and then I multiplied some other numbers in the end. Uh, anyways, um, Number two on the list is Matt Chapman, who would have 47 wins above replacement over the course of 5,000 plate appearances if he keeps up the pace that he's on. Uh, I know that he's probably not going to get to 5,000 because he is currently at uh, 1,764, so he'd have to sign an extension with the A's to get to that number, and I don't know that that's going to happen. So... Obviously, we're, we're just playing with, you know, what, what have they done at the plate in small sample sizes and then just equaling those out. That's all that I'm doing here. Uh, coming in at number three and giving Rob the first part of his answer is Josh Donaldson, who would tally 40.80 wins above replacement if he were to have 5,000 plate appearances with the A's. So would JD be considered one of the best third baseman in franchise history if he had stuck around with the club for a little bit longer? I Potentially, but Chapman is already above him in traditional war, just straight counting war in games played with what they've actually done. And with a few more seasons, hopefully to add to that total, I think that Chapman has him beat. So I think that Chapman would probably be above him no matter what happens here, unless Chapman just falls off a cliff, which hopefully he doesn't do because we like Matt Chapman around here. But just continuing on on this list, at number four, we have Sal Bando, who actually has the most war accumulated as a third baseman with the A's with 47.5, but he did it over 6,086 plate appearances, coming in a little bit lower. So he went from number one to number four, and obviously this raises the question of how much longevity and championships mean to you when you're ranking these players. And my goal here is just to provide the stats, because we're all going to have different rankings depending on which era of A's baseball we grew up during. Uh, it's fitting that Chapman, Donaldson, Bando, and then Eric Chavez, who I'll talk about in the second half, ranked two through five by this measure, this weird measure that I just came up with. Uh, and because they are the main third baseman outside of Carney Lansford, who comes in at number eight in Oakland A's history. And depending on when you were growing up, their placement on your list will definitely vary. So I, I just found that interesting. I'm just trying to make it so that everybody's on equal playing field, uh, regardless of how much time they spent with the club. So coming up on the episode, I got uh, some stuff to tell you guys about Lafayette, Napoleon, Cross. So uh, we're going to do that here in a minute. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. Are we ready for some football? I can't sing worth a damn. Uh, anyways, uh, college football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON. That is one word, LOCKEDON, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus. And this this is the part of the ad where they really want me to talk about what's going on in the sports landscape, and uh, I don't know. I'm a baseball fan. So instead, I went to betonline.ag, and I was looking at MLB futures. You just go to other sports because baseball's not in season, so they, they hide it a little bit. So other sports go to MLB futures, and then you can pick who's going to win the World Series. They got all of the odds up there. You got the Dodgers at plus 400, of course. So uh, don't bet the Dodgers because you're not going to get any money if you do that one. So I instead went down to the Oakland A's. They're at plus 2,000. And uh, that's decent, I think. That's in the top 10 or 11 of the baseball teams that are out there. They're tied with the Astros. So how bad could that be? Obviously, if you know more about, you know, the NFL or college football or basketball, which is starting up on Wednesday, uh, then 
play some bets on those if you if you're feeling frisky. But uh, for me, I'm sticking with what I know. I know baseball, and so the A's at plus two thousand. Hey, maybe that's a nice bet that I should uh, that I should look into a little bit because I don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore. I want to get into the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show is also brought to you guys by the best tasting protein bar ever. That's right. It's still Bilt Bar. Nobody can beat them. And the improved Bilt Bar is even more deliciouser. Take that, competitors. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They still got their original 12 flavors like raspberry, German chocolate, banana bread, uh, peanut butter, mint brownie, orange and others. Longtime listeners of my ad reads will know that uh, I like to play with how I pronunciate orange. It's a lots of fun. Uh, so I didn't do it that time. I just uh, no-sold it, and that was a good time. Anyways, all of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They are protein bars that taste like candy bars, and the Built Bars are great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Their bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. So all you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious treats is go to beltbar.com use promo code locked on and you will get 20% off your next order use promo code locked on for 20% off at beltbar.com Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review if you do, please. Because as I said at the top of the show, I like seeing nice things written about me. So uh, feel free. Um, also, I want to tell you guys a little bit about Locked On Bets. It's a brand new podcast that just launched last week on the Locked On Network. And the holidays are about giving. So I want to give you guys a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. And also your boy Q of Locked on Raiders. So if you are a Raiders fan that's already listening to Locked On Raiders, your boy Q is there. He does a great job. But Lee is red hot to start the season and he shares a lock of the day on every episode and he even rates them one through three, giving you his lockedness for uh, for each game. So subscribe to Locked On Bets today, wherever you like to get your podcast. And obviously, uh, I'm being told to say this, but I did listen to the episode. I'm not a big better and I had a lot of fun listening to your boy Q and also Lee Sterling. They do a great job on this podcast. So if you guys enjoy betting, give it a, give it a listen because it's actually kind of cool. And then you can go to betonline.ag if you listen to our ad reads. Uh, there's a uh, there's a little surprise for you guys there too. So just use code Locked On get 50% off as a welcome offer for you guys. So uh, yeah, that we we got a new sponsor you guys and it's a it's a good one. So uh, rake in that cash if you know what you're doing at least. But moving on to what we were talking about before, we're talking about Josh Donaldson, how he fits in to the all-time greats at third base. We, we moved down the list a little bit, and one guy that none of us saw play is Lafayette Napoleon Cross, or Lave Cross, who comes in at number six on this list. And to be honest, I had never heard this name before, so I did some quick research and found out that he was on the Philadelphia A's from 1889 to 1891, playing in the American Association and the Players League. And remember, this is before the American League was integrated with the National League, forming the major leagues. So he was a Philadelphia A before it was even cool. And Cross went from the A's to the Phillies to the Cleveland Spiders to the St. Louis Perfectos and then the Brooklyn Super Boz, which is a weird name. Did not know that the Dodgers uh, had been called the Super Boz. Weird story that goes with that. Uh, there's a 
ventriloquist or something that had that name. And they're like, oh, the same name as the owner or the manager or something. So they were like, yeah, he's a super bah. Uh, that's the team name now because we're from Brooklyn. Anyways, <laughs> so he went to all those stops. And then he returned to the Philadelphia A's for their inaugural season in the major leagues in 1901. And he stayed with the club through his age 39 season in 1905 when they lost to the New York Giants in the World Series, and that was just the second World Series in Major League history. There had been some other World Series, but this is the only the second one uh, that had both leagues. You had uh, no World Series until 1903, and the Boston Americans won that one in eight games over Pittsburgh because uh, baseball was funky back then, and then there was no World Series in 1904. There was uh, not a strike. They just uh, did not want to play, so they're like, ah, screw this. We're better than these guys. So uh, thanks, New York Giants. And then in the second World Series ever in 1905, the New York Giants beat the Philadelphia A's, and uh, there you go. So anyways, like Donaldson, Cross started off behind the dish, appearing in 324 games at catcher, though he was largely splitting time between backstop and the outfield in his early years. And I got just one more note on Lave, and that was that he was the manager of the Cleveland Spiders for a brief stint. Uh, Cleveland Spiders maybe a team again here in 2022, so keep an eye on that. He was the manager of the Cleveland Spiders for a brief stint during the 1899 season and the owners of the spiders also owned the st louis perfectos and were basically using the spiders roster as their own feeder system for the uh, st louis perfectos making them a very very good team and uh, cross managed a total of 38 games that season going eight and 30 which is actually better than the other manager cleveland had joe quinn who went 12 and 104 12 and 104 the Spiders went 20 and 134 that season with like a 130 winning percentage, which nobody will ever beat because that is utter trash. Actually, I take that back. The Texas Rangers are also going to be pretty bad next year. So here's hoping. Uh, anyways, so the, the Spiders went 20 and 134. They finished 12th in the National League, lost 40 of their last 41 games, and finished 84 games uh, uh, behind the Brooklyn Dodgers and 35 games back of 11th place. There was only 12 teams in the National League, and they finished 35 games behind second to last place. That was obviously the Spiders' last year of existence because they sucked, but Cleveland got another baseball team in 1901 when the American League joined the National League, became the Major Leagues, and they were the Cleveland Bluebirds or the Cleveland Blues as because uh, they had blue jerseys, I guess. The sports writers were apparently involved in naming literally everything back in those days. They don't do that so much anymore, but yeah, they were like, yeah, they're the Blues now. And uh, like the... The Brooklyn Bridegrooms, just because like eight players got married in one season, that was a, a nickname that stuck and kind of that's what Brooklyn was called before they got to the Dodgers, the Trolley Dodgers, if you will. Um, so yeah, that's a... Uh that's the story of Lave Cross in a nutshell, you guys. Uh, but rounding out the rest of the top nine, we have Ed Charles, Carney Lansford, and Jimmy Dykes as the A's top third baseman in the history of the franchise on a per-plate appearance basis. So basically, if you want to have an argument with your friends, debate this out as who was the best third baseman in A's franchise history, you probably go with Frank Homerun Baker because he was the best in that short period of time. You can go Sal Bando because he brought the championships. You could... Go with Matt Chapman if you want to, because he's good on a per-plate appearance basis. Uh, but Josh Donaldson, according to this newfangled math, has a case to be made. I mean, if he had played his MVP season with the A's, does that change how things are uh, perceived? Probably just a little bit. Um, I don't know that he would have been able to keep going at you know the pace that he was at. So 
based on his time with the A's and his age and all that stuff, uh, I don't know that he would have been among the greats if he had stayed with the A's and still had his career as we, it's played out, uh, you know, with injuries and all that stuff. So you can make the argument on the impact he had at the plate every time he stepped up to the plate. And I think that that's probably the argument that you'd want to make if you were going to do this. Uh, I had planned on doing this for Cespedes too, but I ran the same, uh, you know, numbers and all that stuff. And Cespedes has a much lesser of a case by these same metrics. Uh, on this list, you got Al Simmons as the number one for uh, left fielder, sorry, uh, and Ricky coming in at number two. Obviously, Ricky played a long time with the A's. He had almost 2,000 more plate appearances than Al Simmons, who came in with a 51.6 wins above replacement. But uh, on the per plate appearance basis, he edged out Ricky by just a little bit. Uh, it, it wasn't a lot. I didn't actually run the 5,000 uh, plate appearance model, but it, it was very, very close. Uh, coming in at number three, you got Bob Johnson, number four. Four, you got Jose Canseco. Number five, you got Bobby Estalea. Number six, Topsy Hartzell. And then number seven, Ioannis Cespedes. I don't think you can make a case for Ioannis Cespedes. I think that he had as much talent as any of these guys. He just never... I felt like he underperformed a decent amount, and I, it hurts me to say that because I loved watching him play, and he has those big highlight reel moments, but on a day-in, day-out basis, I don't know that he reached that potential uh, as a major leaguer, so uh, I don't know that you can put him among the greats in A's history, uh, and this is by, he's seventh according to my new math, according to actual war, he's actually 12th, so I don't think that you can make a case for Yoan assessment as on the A's pantheon, but I think that there could be a case for Josh Donaldson, uh, and it's probably because he played the hot quarter. You get more war at third base, uh, and you know I know that it's you know a per plate appearance thing, but I'm just taking it as a, a simple measuring tool here. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's my long answer for you, Rob. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for getting me through this episode because I got two more uh, episodes coming for you guys this week. Uh, tomorrow's show will be my interview with the Locked On Kings host Matt George. He's fantastic. He gives us the lowdown on the Kings, some NBA action. He asked me some uh, basic questions because he is also an A's fan so we had some fun talking about the A's the Kings just the Bay Area in general and then on Wednesday we got that Festivus episode coming for you guys I actually recorded it today and uh, that is coming to you guys with the host of Locked On Rangers Bryce Patrick and also uh, Ryan Latica of Locked On Rangers and then uh, we also talked about the Mandalorian a little bit but the actual Festivus episode ran for like an hour so I'll release the Mandalorian uh, stuff so that you don't hear any spoilers if you don't want to but that'll be in your guys' feed a little bit later in this week as well. So that's what's coming up for you guys the rest of this week. I hope you guys enjoy your holidays. As I said before, there's still going to be episodes coming out this week, but I'm going to have less time on the microphone speaking directly to you guys. It's going to be pre-recorded, uh, you know, interviews that I already did. So uh, this is me saying happy holidays to you guys. I hope you guys stay safe, stay warm, get those PS5s. That would be great. Share them with me. Invite me over. Uh, don't because that's against CDC uh, protocol right now. But um, I hope you guys have a great one. Thank you all for listening to the Locked on A's podcast. It's been a great first year. I'm still I'm not going anywhere. I'm just having fun. I'm being emotional. Ah, Rob got me in my feels with those compliments. Um, yeah, anyways, follow us on social media at LockedOnAs on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. You can email us any questions that you have to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So until next time, you guys, stay indoors, celebrate good times, Oakland, keep wearing those masks, and there'll be an interview for you guys tomorrow. <laughs>